Michelle. Hey, Amy. I wonder how our listeners have done with being left hanging at the end of Fierce Hope Part 1. I bet they've just been like counting the days down for these two weeks to pass so they could get Part 2. I have to say that some of my favorite podcasts that don't release multiple times a week, I really, really look forward to them coming in. So maybe there's like five or six people out there that feel that way about ours. That'd be nice. I'd like that. (laughs) We've had some really fun and interesting feedback on our podcast lately, and I have to say it's so encouraging when we hear from people. So yes, we do hope the last episode was helpful. And in the last one, let's just recap. We defined hope as... Or maybe I have hope that the last podcast was (laughs) uh, helpful. (laughs) Okay, this makes me laugh because someone asked me recently if we script our podcast, and I'm thinking, dear God... You this is scripted. You can't tell. Because if we had planned this, we could have made that really smooth, Amy. Right really smooth. So yes, yeah, so we talked about the kind of hope we're talking about, this fierce hope. It's not a verb, it's like, I hope you have a good day, or I hope you had hope since the last one, but it's something we possess. Mm-hmm. And what we possess is... The confident, expect- the confident joyful expectation... Of, of God's goodness. Goodness, yes. Joyful expectation of goodness. So it has an mm-hmm. element of emotion. Yeah. It's anchored to something else. We talked about how scripture defines hope as an anchor to God, mm-hmm. an anchor to his goodness, his promises. Yeah. We had so much material for that. We made it two parts. Yeah. Hopefully people have hung in there. But even if we just pick it up with this one, you should be able to follow along. So we're mm-hmm. talking about we're facing some giants. They're big. They're ugly. We have friends that are hate facing bigger, uglier ones. Mm-hmm. And man... We want some kind of hope that's more than just a whimsical feeling that we have on the days that we've had enough coffee and our serotonin levels are high enough. Yeah. And so this part two is really going to be like, how do we possess that hope? Yeah. If we understand what it is, right, we are anchored or we want to be anchored to God, but we recognize currently maybe we're not and maybe we're feeling tossed around. Yeah. How do we have that hope? Yeah. And we did kind of leave the question hanging out there, like, how do we know what to believe for even in the troubles we're Mm -hmm. facing? Yeah. So with this cancer diagnosis, we've talked a couple of times now about how I do believe in healing, like that God supernaturally sometimes heals us and that even his word promises that and that his disciples were sent out with a commission, Mm -hmm. heal the sick. This is our assignment. This is part of God's redeeming kingdom work. We also have the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians talking about how he begged the Lord three times to take away something. It doesn't name it, which I think is probably really good for all of us. Yeah. And God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Yep. Both things are in scripture. So the tension for Michelle, who wants to have everything in nice, tidy columns and clear black and white, Mm. is like, what do I do with that? Yeah. What do I do with that? Because I don't want to subscribe to any kind of lack of faith. Mm. that wouldn't access all that God has for us. Yeah. I believe God is a healer by nature. We've talked about that, how he identified himself in the book of Exodus as I am your healer. It's who he is. And we have this lingering tension. Not everybody gets healed. Yeah. And so I was crying out to the Lord in a good old psalm-like, you know, the book of Psalms, psalm-like yeah. lament. 
God, I want to believe. I don't want to miss out on anything. I want everything you have for me. I don't want to settle for unbelief. I don't want to protect myself Mm. from disappointment by not living in the very fierce hope that I have written a whole blooming book on. Yeah. So I go to bed in that sort of lamenting space, which is legit. Mm -hmm. We get to do that. And I woke up in the night because I think often God speaks to me in the middle of the night because then I finally shut up long enough. (laughs) Anybody else? You're not quite with it enough to really be chatting. You know, being so busy with my own rationalizing and trying to make sense of things. And I just had two thoughts. Mm. Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 and the story of Joseph in the Bible. Mm. So should we unpack those stories a little bit for people? Kind of do a summary? Yeah. Yeah, so Paul and Silas, they got arrested, mm-hmm. thrown in jail, they were all chained up, and uh, the story says that they started worshiping. Yep, it was midnight. I love that it was midnight, yeah. just because that's the worst time when we're struggling with hope. Oh, yeah, in the darkness at yeah. night when alone and quiet, for sure. Yeah. So they start worshiping. Yep. And then... Boom. The... If I'm, I don't want. I the prison like doors yeah, okay, sprang I, open. It's like yes, crazy right. language. It's not like they just like picture the deep dark night and the gate creaking yeah. slowly open. It this the word is it sprang open. It's yeah. like vigorous and violent. Boom, mm-hmm. and chains fell off. Yeah. All right. If you know Michelle singing some good old worship and seeing chains falling off, this is the dream. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so we look at that story and it's like, oh my goodness, like their worship and they, yes. through their worship, they got deliverance. Yes. What an amazing story. And not just that. The, the, do you remember the jailer is going to take the sword to his own Oh, that's right. Because the prisoners have left. Or he's going to get killed for letting that's all the prisoners right. out. And yeah. instead, Paul and Silas are like, no, no, it's great. We're here. Um, we're messengers of Jesus. They tell him the good news of who Jesus is. And it says the prisoners, the jailer, the family, they believed and were baptized that Mm. day. Like, come on. Yeah. Talk about an epic day. Yeah. So not to overlook the fact that originally Paul and Silas, it says they were beaten with sticks and thrown into prison. Yeah. And it's all because they delivered a girl from a demon. Mm -hmm. So not to just blow past the suffering because there was a quick, it must have been unsettling. But nonetheless, the whole idea that my worship can just lead to freedom. Mm. And I've seen it happen. Yeah. I have seen you know, chains, I'm doing little air quotes here, you know, torment and heaviness come off of people in worship. This actually happens. Mm -hmm. The second story that came to my mind is the story of Joseph. Mm. Lots of people know the story of Joseph because it's such a, it's such a captivating story. Movies have been made. Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. I mean, he just has so many like the really relatable. good stories, relatable stories happen to him. Right. So he's got the Technicolor coat because he's his dad's favorite. Yeah. And he has the dreams his brothers are going to bow down and, and worship him. he's a little him. arrogant in telling about it. Yeah, he's a little snot-nosed upstart. Yeah. And, you know, doesn't have the wisdom to know he shouldn't say it. His brothers are jealous. He's a little twit. They must have really let some bitterness settle in, though. Yeah. Right? To, to get to the point of, like, let's kill him. Oh, no, we'll just throw him in this deep well. Okay, now we'll sell him. Mm-hmm. And so, he gets sold into slavery, ends up in Egypt, ends up in Potiphar's house, a slave Mm -hmm. there, and he's got so much integrity, and he's such a good worker, which there's something in that for me, Amy. I think our work can be our worship. Mm -hmm. When we use the gifts God's given us in the confines of wherever we find ourselves. Yeah. Think about that. Like, do we have a sound effect for big thought there? (sighs) COVID, cancer, debt. I don't know what to... Yeah. Like, loneliness. What prison do you find yourself mm. in? Yep. And I, I just think, wow. So anyway, before I get ahead of myself there, 
Then Potiphar's wife thinks he's hot. Apparently he was nice to look at. Wants to get some. Yep. And so when she comes on to him and he says, no thanks, she lies to her husband, says he's come on to her, and he's back in prison. Yep. Seriously, Amy, if we put ourselves in these shoes. Can you imagine just being like, my life has, I'm going in the right direction. I'm moving up the ranks. Get this, this is fabulous good. jacket on. Right, For me, that would be like nice shoes. Uh, right? Like I'm back on track. I have dreams of destiny. And then it's gone. Yeah. Like that. Yep. Don't tell me, because I won't believe it a day in my life, that he didn't lay on the floor of that prison and just think, I am done. Mm-hmm. Just give up. How could he not have been overwhelmed with the very feelings that many of us, I know many who listen, would feel and experience in their lives? Rejection. Mm-hmm. Abandonment. Oh, yeah. Big. Huge. Yep. Hopelessness. Despair. Mm-hmm. Heaviness. Yep. No person in their right mind is going to be throwing a party yep. then. Anger. Anger. Like, Definitely how dare anger. that woman? Yep. And my brothers. And what have I done to deserve this? Please, Vic- can we just yep. stop saying the victim phrase? Yeah. What have I done to deserve this? No. He must have felt all of that. But at some point, we know he scraped himself up off the floor. And what did he do? He used his gifts. He did. Yeah. That speaks to me so much. Again, I think that, you know, for some of us like me, I just would love to pray and sing songs of worship. But some people don't get in, into that so much. Not that yep. we shouldn't all pray and worship. But yep. I can see people that just, for them, their doing is their mm-hmm. worship. And mm-hmm. don't let's say that's less than the singing in the middle of the night thing. No. And, and let's not say that doing is more valuable than prayer and worship. It's we just a, have two good examples. Yeah. And how both. It just made me laugh. We were at a conference and it was like, I don't know, it felt like an hour or over an hour of worship. Okay. Uh, me and you. And it was like... Three songs, and I'm like, oh my goodness, how long is this going? And I'm like, earplugs and sitting down, and you are like, right into this. And you're like, this is amazing. And I'm like, why do they have to have it so long? That just made me think. That's so great. I forgot all about that. But this would be, this is why you and I are such God put it together a good yeah. team because we bring such different perspectives. So we can't be all being and doing and no. all just worship and not doing. I just, again, yeah. whoa, what? We don't just have like, oversimplifications yeah both are here surely joseph prayed without question joseph yeah. prayed because he tells us later he prayed yeah so scrapes himself up off the prison floor gets favor with the jailer helps the what does he help the baker the the baker chef. and the 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 wine taster yeah one of them gets out Cut and forgets to yeah. recommend joseph so he's he's stuck again amy yeah. And then ultimately we know he gets you know called to interpret pharaoh's dreams pharaoh raises him up he becomes, you know, second in command to Pharaoh in all the land. Let's not overlook that that was 13 years. Mm. And I think in one of the Psalms, it says something about that, doesn't it? Does. It does. It's one of my favorite verses. Yeah. Psalm 105, 19. Mm-hmm. Between the time that the Lord, until the time came that the Lord fulfilled his dreams, God tested Joseph's character. Yay! I know, like, that's one of those <laughs> verses, right? That it did... Right on one hand, it gives me hope where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't, all this stuff isn't pointless. It's not just like slogging through, right? That there's like mm-hmm. a a development and a process and a refining and a maturing and strengthening. But on the other hand, it's like, yep. but 13 years. I Oof. know. So does that mean God's capricious? No. Indifferent? No. See, here's the deal. I think Joseph could have opted out at any point. Mm. I actually do. Yep. I mean, maybe he'd still be scrubbing the prison floor. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, not still, still, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you knew 
that in your time of difficulty, where you're not getting the quick answer, but you knew that God was doing a deep and profound work of preparation in your life so that you could partner with Him in redemption and restoration, that God would use you to bring salvation and restoration to not just one nation, but two nations. Would you give him your yes? Hmm. Uh, of course. I would. Yeah, of course. I totally would. Yeah. Now, Joseph never knew all the way along. Mm. He didn't. Right? Yeah. But his character passed the test. Mm. He did what he could do within the confines of the space he was in, and he kept getting promoted. Yeah. And whatever work God did to probably deal with that youthful arrogance that bragged about the dreams of everybody, yeah. right? There had to be a shift there because you can't be a great leader with that attitude. Mm-hmm. He, Joseph himself says, it's recorded in uh, Genesis 50, I think verse 20. He says, um, his brothers, can you imagine how his brothers felt when they come and get their grain and they oh. find out this is their snot-nosed brother that they threw into the pit? Yeah. And now he has power of life and death over them. He holds all the mm. food supplies. He's got the king's scepter in his hand. It's probably he like his women recognize it. It was like, oh, beep. <laughs> Big time beeping, right? My imagination just went away with that for a second. So, and he's, they're just like, oh no, we're sorry. We're sorry. We've regretted this all this time. And you can see that they have, right? There's genuine repentance. And Joseph is like, everything you meant for evil, God has Mm. turned to good. So here's where we circle again around to do I believe God is good? In both of these stories, people were awful. Yep. The people that owned the slave girl that was doing the fortune telling, they're the ones that got Paul and Silas thrown into prison because their works or their demonstration of their faith, their deliverance of this girl from this demonic torment hit them in the pocketbook. Mm. Greed, selfishness. Yeah. Right? Throws them in prison. This is injustice. Yep. Joseph, lying, betrayal, injustice. God didn't make any of that happen. No. But my hope, the confident expectation of God's goodness showing up in my life means that he's going to turn what others meant for evil into good in my life. Mm, He's that good and that that powerful. And that is my fierce hope. Yeah. That there is nothing that can out horrific. (laughs) What am I looking for? You know, out Um, the extent of the brokenness of the world around me, you know, and even my body, what did I do to deserve cancer? I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I don't fit the demographic for this. Even if I did, do I deserve it? Right? Like, oh, yeah. you can go down those rabbit trails. No. My body was born into a broken world with all kinds of environmental mm-hmm. stuff going on. Can Is God better than cancer? Mm. Can I trust his goodness to bring something beautiful out of this? Yeah. And so in that, I don't want people to hear that weird, heroic martyr thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Be- because when we have a fierce hope in a redemptive story, we're never the hero of the story. No. We're man. never the martyr. Nope. We're never the victim. Nope. When we have fierce hope in the redemptive goodness of God, he is always the hero. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Say someone's all on board with this, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but man, I just even recognize in my soul, like, I just don't have hope, or I yeah. have despair, or hopelessness, mm-hmm. or or something. What What's something that can position themselves to grab onto that hope? I don't suppose the short answer is just listen to all the episodes <laughs> up until now. <laughs> buy the book. The book, I don't know if the book will be out by then, because you and I are recording these way ahead of time, so yeah. our listeners should know that I have no idea what... I'll be in treatment probably when this comes out. And that's why we're doing these ahead of time. So I don't know when the book's coming out. Definitely get it. Have I said that before in this podcast? A little bit, but that's okay. (laughs) This is our podcast. We're allowed to like 
push whatever we want to push. So lament, pour out mm. your heart to God. Is it Psalm 62 or 68? Pour out your heart to God. He will help you. I don't know. It's one of those. It's Psalm 67. In the 60s. Read the 60s. You will find this verse. It says, pour out your heart to God and he will help you. Mm. So for sure we don't advocate the denial and the stuffing. Yep. Nope. Pour out your heart to God. Why are you struggling with trust? Is it just because it's a big giant? Because that's a big deal. Yeah. But if you know right away it's past disappointments that you're protecting yourself from, mm. we we have to deal with those things. I mm-hmm. recommend good counselors. Yep. And our podcasts have some good episodes on them for yeah. that. We sometimes need to forgive people that have been part of our disappointment in the mm-hmm. past. We need to acknowledge that we have made judgments against God. Yeah. And break those judgments. Maybe we need to like receive grace for ourselves for past mistakes. Maybe we feel foolish because we mm. had too much hope in the past. Yeah. All of those things can be dealt with and addressed. Mm-hmm. And then for sure we break agreement. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, I break agreement with hopelessness. Mm-hmm. I break agreement with despair, mm-hmm. bitterness, and complaining. Yeah. Anything else? Break agreement with the lie that God doesn't care. Yeah. Break agreement with the lie that God isn't good. Yeah. That it's too risky to hope. Yeah. Yeah. Break agreement with the lie that I will be shamed if I hope. Mm. That's such a good one, Amy. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of scriptures that just talk about those who put their hope in God will not be put to shame. I yeah. hang on to those. It's like, if I'm still feeling awkward, I'm not at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, break agreement with all of those things. And we just say, Jesus, we're sorry for re- for joining with them. He gets it. Yeah. But we repent of that and we break agreement with it. And then we ask him, Jesus, take these things far away from me. Mm-hmm. And come. Yeah. Fill and me with show- fresh hope. And show what you have for me instead. What do you have for me as I wait for this? Yeah. When I did that after I woke up in the night with the whole Paul and Silas and Joseph thoughts on my mind, right? Two different scenarios. And the question is, in which scenario is God good? Mm. Both of them. But they sure look different. Yeah. When I did the breaking agreement, you know, with fear of even hoping or fear of, yeah. And my life is kind of public. People know I'm asking for healing. What's it going to look like? Mm. I just saw his tenderness towards me, Mm. that he receives our hope, our willingness to lean into expectation of his goodness as the ultimate act of worship. Mm. And that his heart is tender towards us in that he's not indifferent. He's just holding and loving and cherishing and protecting us. And he's just continually inviting us. Would you trust me? Would you believe that I'm good? And so we bless our listeners to experience that as they head further up and further in. (laughs) 